0: Hi there. My name is Father Matt Kovic, and I'm the rector of St. Mark's Anglican Church in Elkhorn. Now the epistles, which are the books of the New Testament other than the four Gospels and the revelation to St. John the Divine, they recount to us what it was like as the newly established Christian Church figured out how to live this thing called the Christian life. Unlike you and I, who have 16th century English theologian Richard Hooker's three-legged stool of scripture, tradition, and reason to guide us this day, those Christians would have had only their reasoning abilities because the scripture hadn't been quite solidified yet and it wouldn't be until about the 4th century and, quote, tradition wouldn't be established until later on and again throughout the centuries. We should keep all this in mind as we read our passage from the epistles that is set out for this day. 1 Corinthians 8, 1-13, if you're keeping up at home. Now, to us in 21st century Manitoba, we might look at this passage, where St. Paul talks about food, as something that doesn't necessarily apply to us. In recent millennia, the Christian church hasn't had to have had many conversations around what is kind of lawful for us to eat. It's not something we've had to struggle with. However, that being said, this whole passage is about something bigger than food, really. It's actually about how new people to the faith deal with the newness of their faith. The church, again, was brand new in many ways as Paul, St. Paul was writing. Members had come from all different backgrounds. Some had previously been Jewish and therefore monotheistic or believed in one God before they found Christianity. But some had been practicing pagans and believed in multiple gods before the conversion to what would become Christianity. Now, when these pagans switched religions, they would have faced some dilemmas, including the dilemma of their diet. And most of the meat that was available to people in the market would have been offered to other gods, other idols, and would have been sold at these markets following its sacrifice. Now to those that are more kind of long tooth in the faith, eating food sacrificed, quotes, to other idols wouldn't have been a problem for them since they didn't believe in the gods that these sacrifices had been made to. They were also cognitive of the fact that Jesus had told his disciples that, Quote, it is not what goes into the mouth that defiles a person, but what comes out of the mouth that defiles, from Matthew chapter 15, verse 11. However, this practice of eating food that was sacrificed to idols was proving problematic for the new believers in their midst. Now, the temptation to fall back into their old ways of worshipping their idols was building, and being around food sacrificed to other idols wasn't easy. And all of this is quite understandable, really, isn't it, when we're most likely to fall or stumble at the beginning of something when we're trying to kind of get a foothold and establish new routines in our lives. St. Paul is making a point to the Corinthians that would have hopefully understood because they too had once been in the same space that these newbies in the faith were. And St. Paul's point was this. The practice of eating food sacrificed to idols was causing others to stumble in their faith. With these newbies' interaction with any portion of their old belief, especially while such a vulnerable place in terms of their faith, it was pro- this practice was providing them constant reminders of their old life, which could have, again, provided temptation for the newbies. This ask would have been incredibly difficult for those who were used to this practice, but as St. Paul points out to them, he was willing to give up everything that he had in order to follow the way. He recounts to the Colossians that he was, quote, circumcised on the eighth day, a member of the people of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, Hebrew, born to Hebrews, and so on and so forth. Colossians 3, 5. St. Paul, in the eyes of his Jewish brothers and sisters, was at, had been, at the pinnacle of his faith in Judaism. He gave all that up to follow Jesus Christ, whom he believed to be the Messiah, Now, if he was willing to give all of that up to follow Jesus, the church in Corinth, the Corinthians, could help their brothers and sisters out and give up this practice so that others could be strengthened in their faith. Now, you might be asking me, what does this first century argument about food have to do with me, Father Matt? Now, again, St. Paul is using food as an example of a larger issue within the church at Corinth that members of the community were struggling with their faith. And this simple act of the more senior members of the community giving up something would have helped to solidify the faith of those newer members. And the lesson for us here in 21st century Manitoba this day is that sometimes you and I are called to do the same in our own faith journey. Called to do the same to help others as they seek to live into the revelation of God in their own lives. As St. Paul reminds this Corinthian church in chapter 8, verse 1, he says, Now concerning food sacrificed to idols, we know that all of us possess knowledge. Knowledge puffs up, but love builds up. In saying this, he's reminding the Corinthians, as well as us, that while the members may know that eating food sacrificed to idols is not forbidden for many reasons. It is an act of love to refrain from eating these things for the sake of the other members of the body who may be struggling with this. He says this in another part of his writings, All things are lawful for me, but not all things are beneficial. We may know that it is okay to do a certain thing, but it is an act of love to refrain from doing that said thing. If it causes others around you to stumble, my friends, it is these acts of love that build up believers and the community around them and helps faith to solidify in us. I want you to think back with me for a moment about those who have taught you things throughout your life you probably remember their lessons not just because of the words that they used but because of the love that they showed to you while they were teaching you that lesson in saying that quote knowledge puffs up but love builds up st paul is reminding the corinthians and us that love is a far more stable thing to build a faith on than just knowledge by itself love is eternal knowledge Will, flee, will be fleeting and goes away. In all of this, I am reminded of a quote from William Toms, a British poet who once wrote this. Be careful how you live. You will be the only Bible some people ever read. My friends, as we return once again to our lives out in the world for another week, I want you to think about that statement. You, you. Yes, you, may be the only Christian that some people come across. You and I, my friends, are meant to bear the fruits of the God that has been revealed to us. The fruits of a life where we love God and where we love others as you and I have first been loved. And as I've said, you and I may be the only Christian that some people interact with. You and I may be the only Bible that some people ever read. Sometimes in this life, you and I are to make sacrifices so that others may grow stronger in our faith. For when we build others up in love, our own faith is strengthened. Now, I want to leave you with a question as you go about your life this week. Are you willing to give up some comfort and or activities that you enjoy to build up others or for the sake of others? And what specifically does that look like in your context? Are you willing to live into that quote of William Tom's? Be careful how you live. You will be the only Bible that some people ever read. My friends, as I've said countless times on these sermons, it is a very, very tall order to love God and to love neighbors as we have first been loved. However, my friends, when we do so, we are not alone. For we always have God and that God-given grace to assist us. And so, as we live out that revelation that God desires us to live into a newfound relationship with him, loving him and others as we have first been loved, So we pray. All glory, Jesus, be to thee for this, like glad epiphany, whom with the Father we adore and Holy Ghost forevermore. My friends, thanks be to God.